0: All right, welcome back, everybody. I'm Larry Kudlow. Great pleasure to bring in my friend Greg Kelly, Newsmax TV anchor, WABC radio host, and importantly, retired lieutenant colonel in the Marine Corps Reserves. And Greg, whom I've known for many years, Greg's got a new book out, Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. Boy, that's an understatement. So, Greg, welcome to the show. First of all, congrats on the new book.
1: Oh, Larry, thanks for having me. Great to be here. And, uh, yeah, they're wrong. They always have been. But something's changed where corporate America and our culture have just adopted the left's position. Now they're all wrong. Uh, The left, corporate America, the culture in general. It's kind of a crazy time right now. Really strange. Just
0: the woke corporations you're thinking about?
1: Well, corporations academia mm. uh you know, the first corporation that leaps to mind because it's very emblematic of a lot that happened was uh the NFL you know right after oh. right after uh George Floyd you know they put out a ridiculous statement you know, supporting black lives matter they had no idea what they were signing up for none zero and if they did uh they all deserve to lose their jobs quite frankly uh black lives matter stands for the abolishment of the nuclear family, mm. the abolishment of police, prisons, uh, our way of life here, capitalism. Mm. It's a communist organization. And so many of these uh, corporations, uh, universities, you name it, big, small business, just put their, their logo right next to the BLM logo. And it's the first time I've ever seen anything like that. We've had riots before, Larry, of course, race-driven riots. and But our kind of systems all understood that rioting was wrong, destruction of property was wrong, except this time somehow it was viewed as uh holistic or righteous uh or it was ignored, and I just had never seen anything like that and I kind of wanted to document it and see how it originated and uh and, and and there and there's the book
0: yeah um Greg speaking of all this um do you have an updated thought on this Memphis business which just reads awful i i confess i have not followed it we didn't cover it on our tv show last night the news was breaking it's not a racial issue because uh both the victim and the police are uh, black african-americans but i didn't know whether you had looked at that what is this all about have you figured it out
1: well i have looked at it uh it's a horrific video uh there is no excuse I mean, I guess the there are four videos that were put out. And the second one is the most, in my opinion, disturbing. Um, it's security camera footage from a neighborhood. And the way they are punching this guy and kicking him, mm. uh, it's, it's shocking. I haven't seen anything like that since Rodney King. Mm. And uh, I remember my dad's reaction to Rodney King. He thought those guys needed to be arrested. Uh, same in this case. Now, we know it's not racist. Right. Because, as you mentioned, the cops are black and so is the uh, the victim here. And that's one of the reasons why we did not see really, you know, wide, uh, wide scale rioting last night. We saw pockets here and there, but nothing, nothing tremendous. Uh, But there are people pushing this narrative and they pushed it for years now that policing is inherently racist and that it's a vestige of the slave patrol, which is totally untrue, by the way, it's it's. People at the NAACP and the uh, and the 1619 Project have been pushing that. It is um, a fallacy. Uh, but in their eyes, you know, a black police officer is an instrument of white supremacy just by being a police officer. It is preposterous, but they're pushing that. And uh, you saw maybe the famous headline at CNN, like, you know, racism is still a factor. And they have the pictures of all the black cops because – They like to say policing in general is inherently racist, which is
0: ludicrous. That's this anti-so-called. This is this so-called anti-racist woke nonsense, where all life, all life, is um, is a question of the oppressors versus the oppressed, and that the oppressors are always white supremacists, and that you can be whatever color or nationality or descent you are. If you're in a position of authority, you're part of the white oppressors. And that's where this comes from. Um, yep. Ted Cruz has written about this at some length in his fabulous book, Senator Ted Cruz. And it was a real eye-opener. Uh, so that's what you're describing now. I didn't realize CNN had done that, but why am I surprised? Why am I shocked at any of that nonsense? Um, so, Greg Kelly, of course, my favorite police commissioner uh, is somebody named Ray Kelly, um, who I might add for no particular reason, has been always wonderful to me down through the many, many years. The guy's just a great person and was a great police commissioner. just want to say that. I've known you a while, and uh, I'm so glad things are working out on Newsmax and WABC. But let me ask you this. In the book, do you talk about this whole George Soros, you know, left-wing, soft-on-crime district attorney movement, the guy spends $50 million, God knows how much, $100 million to elect uh, local district attorneys, include our own Alvin Bragg here in New York, uh, who believe in no bail and no jail. Do you you, do you tackle that at all in the book?
1: Oh, sure. Absolutely. And, uh, and George Soros, I, I disagree with his uh, his values and his goals, but it was a brilliant uh, strategy because it was kind of a backdoor strategy. Uh, into American political life and the criminal justice system. You know, district attorneys races generally don't receive all that much attention mm. because whether you're a Democrat or a Republican and you're interested in fighting crime and being a prosecutor, generally speaking, you are tough on crime. Uh, but Soros saw an opportunity where you could spend just a little bit of money for a guy like Soros, 50 million spread across the entire country. <clears throat> That's uh that's uh, money well spent, and you get somebody like Alvin Bragg or a Krasner. Alvin Bragg is particularly egregious. Uh, the the New York County District Attorney, Manhattan. Uh, you know, I like to point out though, uh, there, uh, Lee Zeldin got some blowback because he said, "I'm going to fire him day one," mm-hmm. and I heard even conservatives say, "Oh, that's uh, that's anti-democratic." You know, how could the people have chosen Alvin Bragg? Uh, Well, number one, it's in the state constitution, all right, so the people also elected leaders who came up with the state constitution, but only roughly 90,000 people voted for Alvin Bragg in a city of 8 million. Mm. And very undemocratically, uh, the primary day was on the last day of school in June. (laughs) It's something that the Democrats have done to minimize voter participation, Uh, Nobody is really thinking about voting on the last day of school. So if you have the means, you can get only a a few thousand people who are fired up, leftist, full-time kind of agitators to go out and vote for a maniac like Alvin Bragg. And I do use the word maniac deliberately. I mean, if you look at his manifesto on day one, where he says certain types of armed robbery uh, will not be prosecuted. I mean, this is hideous stuff, uh, and it's, it's right there, and we have George Soros to thank. Very brilliant. I did not anticipate that. I didn't see it as a vulnerability, but here we are. You know, I,
0: I just somehow, Greg Kelly, I don't see a, I don't think it's a coincidence that all these big cities across the country that are run by big blue Democrats. And they're big blue, democratic. I mean, the mayors and the district attorneys and whatever have a crime wave. You think that's a coincidence? I mean, really, I'm. I'm. It sounds like a corny thing to say or an obvious thing to say, but it's like if you go, you know, here's a. You got a bunch of left wingers who hate cops. No matter what they say, they hate cops. They want to defend the police. Uh, defund the police rather they and which they basically said in 2020 then they calmed down in 2021 they've tried to back away but they haven't changed their views at all left winger, left-wing mayors left-wing da's defund the cops the uh victims don't matter it's the criminals we have to help out you think this is a coincidence that you have these horrible murder rates and subway crime and um uh, department store crimes, right? I mean, you can't walk into a, a drugstore now and, it's not, and not see people. I mean, it's like a cost of doing business. These drugstores just write off all the stolen goods. I mean, this is not a coincidence. This is a serious thing, and it's ongoing. And I don't see anybody stopping it, Greg Kelly.
1: Well, something I'm trying to do with the book is to have an honest conversation about race. Number one, you're right about big cities and the direction they're going. It's (laughs) hilariously, though, uh, last night I actually saw some people pushing, you know, uh, Tennessee is actually a red state, so this is a Trump problem, and all the MAGA states have uh, have these problems, and they say the same about Ohio. Uh, I put up a map of Tennessee. You know, you see a sea of red counties, and then Memphis is bright blue. Right, Um, right. But, you know, so much of this is about race in America, and it's interesting that uh, if you are a conservative, generally speaking, you don't like to talk about race. That, that that subject has been dominated by the left, and they're the ones who like to talk about it, no matter what color they are. So conservatives have retreated from the discussion. And the, as soon as somebody says, well, you know, you can't walk in a black man's shoes or whatever it is, it generally shuts a lot of people up. Um, I think whatever color you are. Uh, especially if you're conservative, you need to talk about race and get comfortable talking about it. At one point, Barack Obama, I thought he was going to have an honest conversation about race. You know, he stepped forward after he secured the nomination in 2008 and said out loud, we got a problem in the African-American community. We have too many absentee fathers. It's a problem. We got to do something about it. Now, that was one hell of a moment. And a lot of people voted for him because he was willing to have that conversation. I mean, who else could? But he was hit so hard by the left. Jesse Jackson threatened to castrate him mm. that he never went there again. And he was conflicted enough about his own race. And he writes about it in his many books about himself. You know, uh, the black community viewed me as, as with suspicion because they saw me as white. They didn't see me as genuinely black. He says all this stuff. So he decided to go all in on uh, the, the victim culture, white supremacy, you know, one thing on that, I remember, you may remember Professor Gates uh, was stopped by that Cambridge cop yep. early in the Barack Obama yep. presidency. Yep. And and he came out very indignantly, Obama did, and said, you know, the Cambridge police acted stupidly. And it's, it's a known fact in America that you're more likely uh, to be stopped if you're black than white. That's a fact. Mm. OK, that's a fact. But what about the other fact? All right, that disproportionately... Crime is committed by black and Hispanic people, disproportionately speaking. He would not go there. He and, and he created a division in America, ripped it apart to further his own brand. And BLM, by the way, and sorry to go on, but was created in some part to bail out Barack Obama's problems with black people. In 2011, he was losing support in the black community, and he decided to. Uh, well, BLM helped him. They emotionalized the issue of Trayvon Martin, which should have not have been a national issue. Barack Obama had to get black support, and he did it through Black Lives Matter. It's, uh, it's very cynical, and I, I outlined it in my book. I didn't know that that happened, but it did, and uh, it's, it's what, a, what a lost opportunity. And it, it falls to people like me at Newsmax, believe it or not, to try to wage this honest conversation about race, even though it can be uncomfortable at times.
0: By the way, uh, obvious, maybe, high-crime cities are high-unemployment, low-economic-growth cities. Just want to put that in. I mean, crime is like a tax hike because you're not going to have a – if your business – if your small business on the street, Greg, is closed down, you're not going to reopen it, or if you're thinking about – Opening a new small business, you're not going to do it in a high-crime area. I mean, this goes back to Rudy Giuliani, um, who combined the two, but I always have. The fact remains, crime and the economy are tied up. You show me a high-crime city, and I'm going to show you an impoverished city. And by the by, one of the greatest cities in America, Chicago, is going through it right now. Chicago is a was a fabulous city. And because of the crime problems there, it is not a fabulous city anymore. It is becoming an impoverished city. So there's an economic hook to it uh, as well. I don't know whether you talk about it in the book, but they go hand-in-hand, unfortunately.
1: Uh, They do, especially when manufacturing left New York City. I I focus on that. Manufacturing also, you know, a lot of the... uh, the uh, uh, stevedore uh, positions you yep. know we, we we don't have docks in Brooklyn and Manhattan anymore they moved to New Jersey and then when they uh, containerized cargo you just didn't need many people to uh load and unload the ships and a lot of good working class jobs disappeared uh we they they like to call it white flight which is they totally it, it, it it's totally it makes it sound like it was a racist thing no it was an economic thing the jobs went elsewhere but you know you remind me rudy giuliani uh that man saved so many so many lives mm-hmm. most of them people of color uh i like to say that my father as well with aggressive policing aggressive but humane policing Especially when my father was commissioner, the book is dedicated to him. By the way, and, mm-hmm. and thank you for your kind words. Uh, you know, he left office after twelve years as, as commissioner. His approval rating was at about seventy percent mm. uh, among blacks and Hispanics. It was about sixty three percent. I mean, this these are crazy numbers. They they know how to police. We knew we know how to do it, but the liberals came in and broke it. They broke it first. They pretended that policing was broken then they pretended to fix what wasn't broken and then de Blasio actually managed to break it and oh by the way Adams is no better <laughs>
0: Well, that's the thing uh, let's just pause here we're talking to Greg Kelly uh, Newsmax TV anchor WABC radio host uh, his new book Justice for All How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement uh Greg, my friend, talk it, it, how's Bragg doing? Give us a report card on Alvin Bragg. Uh, no, no. We talked about Bragg. Go go to Eric. Let's go right to the mayor. How is Eric Adams doing on crime?
1: Eric Adams has no business being mayor whatsoever. <clears throat> Eric Adams has not had the managerial, political skill. Uh he is an immature person. Uh he was never a real cop. He has no idea what he's doing. There are 30,000 people in New York, at least, who know more about law enforcement than he does. You've seen it already. He likes to wear nice clothes. He likes to have a press conference. He likes the nightlife. That's all he knows how to do. Now, he appointed a woman who, from what I hear, is a very nice person, Keechan Sewell, as the police commissioner. Oh, by the way, where has she been? She's almost invisible. Um She's invisible because Eric Adams wants to run the police department. And I already listed his deficiencies. I'll throw in one more deficiency. He's a racist. Mm. He stood up in public and said he's going to chase cracker ass out of the police department. Well, he's actually done that. He's actually firing people based on the color of their skin. Mm. Very sad. Uh, You know, yesterday he's touting uh, numbers of uh, crime decreasing not happening number one i don't trust the numbers number two there are more people are dying on the subway and in the same breath he says the subways are safer than ever it's uh it really is something to behold this individual this city where we had some giants bloomberg giuliani Koch, Mm. uh, at, at wagner and that this this individual career politician who knows nothing is there now i know he talks a good game and he sometimes fools the people over there at the new york post oh wow he's saying all the right things uh he says all the right things to your editorial board and then he says something else when he's in brownsville he's not to be trusted from what i understand about his uh his personal life and his uh real estate holdings I I, I don't know. I have a hard time imagining him making it four years, but but we'll see.
0: I had lunch with a pal of mine, someone I suspect you know. I'm not going to name names, but he's a very, very well-respected CEO of a big company based here who just said to me, you know, Adam says the right things. The trouble is he doesn't do the right things. And that's what you're saying, too. I mean, some of his statements, you know, are very conservative, uh, but he never seems to follow through. By the way, you know, I talk to him periodically. I did during the campaign, Greg Kelly, and I did afterwards. He still will call occasionally and beg him to do stuff on the economy, taxes and regulations, but nothing ever seems to get done. But in terms of policing, um isn't the police department still woefully short of staff, like 5,000 cops too few or something like that?
1: Well, the headcount has uh, dropped dramatically. Uh, I believe 10,000 police officers have left in the past uh, 24 months. And and who can blame them? And by the way, who wants to join the police department? Mm -hmm. This is a it was already a job where you risked your life, you know, day in and day out. It was part of the job. Now you're also kind of risking your, your freedom and mm. your livelihood. Mm. The city council came out with this preposterous rule about how you can grab a suspect. Uh, you know, I forgot if it's above the diaphragm or below the diaphragm. <laughs> I've never been able to figure out where my diaphragm is, to be honest. So, uh, they, have, they, have cha- they have chained the hands of cops. And, you know, really, I don't blame them. Why? Wa- Aggressive policing. How can you be? How yeah. can you be an aggressive police officer in this environment? Right. Oh, by the way, we're not talking about breaking heads. You know what happened in Memphis? I got it, Joe. Yeah. Hey, they, Larry, I appreciate it so much. You bet. That.
0: Greg Kelly, Newsmax, and right here, WABC radio host. The name of the book is "Justice for All: How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement." My pleasure. Talking with my pal Greg Kelly. I'm Kudlow. We'll be right back after this.